You're listening to the Cyberwire Network, powered by N2K. And now a word from our sponsor, SpyCloud, the leader in operationalizing cybercrime analytics. Traditional threat intelligence is a thing of the past. Cyber criminals are stealing vast amounts of credentials, session cookies, and financial data every day, and it's hard to keep up. SpyCloud is the trusted partner businesses turn to to fully understand their darknet exposure risk and neutralize threats before it's too late. SpyCloud alerts your organization as soon as an employee or customer's data appears on the darknet, so you can act faster than bad actors to prevent cyber attacks like ransomware, session hijacking, account takeover, and online fraud. With insights from the industry's largest repository of recaptured data, protect the digital identities and systems most important to your business. Get your free corporate darknet exposure report at spycloud.com slash cyberwire and see what information criminals have in their hands today. That's spycloud.com slash cyberwire. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the CyberWire's Research Saturday. I'm Dave Bittner, and this is our weekly conversation with researchers and analysts tracking down the threats and vulnerabilities, solving some of the hard problems and protecting ourselves in a rapidly evolving cyberspace. Thanks for joining us. It all started with deployment of our technology at a, uh, a net new uh, customer opportunity. So in the process of deploying the technology, our threat hunters uncovered some hands-on keyboard activity uh, that we soon uh, attributed to uh, Vanguard Panda. That's Thomas Etheridge. He's Chief Global Professional Services Officer at CrowdStrike. The research we're discussing today is titled Business as Usual, Falcon Complete MDR thwarts novel Vanguard Panda tradecraft. And who is Vanguard Panda, we suppose? Uh, Vanguard Panda is uh, a threat actor that we have been tracking since the mid-2020s. We believe them to be of uh, China Nexus. And they're focused primarily on targeting uh, multiple sectors, including aviation technology and the defense sectors. CISA recently reported on this threat actor in May of 2023 as targeting uh, critical infrastructure uh, organizations across multiple industry verticals throughout the U.S. and its territories. Well, let's walk through this together. It's an interesting one. Uh, can we go through it step by step here? I mean, what, what was the first indication to your team that something was amiss? As I mentioned earlier, our threat hunting team uh, uncovered some hands-on keyboard activity uh, that we we knew to be malicious activity. We notified the managed detection and response team who took some uh, quick remediation steps by uh, quarantining, uh, network quarantining the machine that the threat actor was leveraging to carry out some of its tradecraft. 
one of the things that we noticed uh, in doing some of our investigation is that the threat actor was moving very, very quickly in the environment uh, and had what appeared to be very good, a very good understanding of the customer's infrastructure uh, in order to, to carry out the, the commands and the, the tradecraft of uh, being able to traverse through the customer's environment. So they were clear to us that they had been in the environment for a while. Uh, had established some persistence mechanisms, and had good familiarity with uh, the overall infrastructure of the customer's environment. Now, when you say hands-on keyboard activity, what exactly does that entail? It's typically picked up, Dave, when we see a threat actor uh, using commands or running uh, tools on an environment uh, that we either know those commands or tools to be malicious uh, in nature, or the combination of commands and actions that a threat actor uh, performs in an environment, the combination of those tools at the same time or in near proximity to one another typically is an indicator that the user that's performing those actions is not a legitimate user. And that's when we would typically uh, send a notification or uh, for providing a managed uh, service like our MDR, take corrective action to try to quarantine or stop that threat actor from being able to easily traverse through the environment. So, Tom, without getting too much in the weeds with some of the technical things here, can you kind of take us through an overview of you know, the kinds of tools that you all are, are seeing them use here, the, the tradecraft that you all witnessed? Sure, Dave. Uh, we reported in our blog that the malicious activity was involving uh, list, listing processes, uh, doing network connectivity testing, uh, gathering some user and group information, mounting uh, network shares, and then enumerating uh, domain trust over uh, WMI and list, listing DNS zones over WMI. So the threat actor uh, was doing this pretty quickly, which was also an indication of the familiarity that they had with the environment. Now, in the blog, you, you draw particular attention to um, JSP compilation. You, you highlight that as being a bit of a giveaway here. Are there any specific elements that, that are worth highlighting with that? I think the importance of that uh, in the blog is that this threat actor was doing a lot of cleanup after their, their actions. They were moving uh, evidence of their activity. They were deleting uh, logs and evidence of their activity. Uh, one of their slip-ups was uh, missing that particular uh, log source, and that is what uh, the investigators uncovered to tip them off to uh, the threat actor also uh, operating extensively in the environment. The IT world used to be simpler. You only had to secure and manage environments that you controlled. Then came new technologies and new ways to work. Now, employees, apps, and networks are everywhere. This means poor visibility, security gaps, and added risk. That's why Cloudflare created the first-ever connectivity cloud. Visit cloudflare.com to protect your business everywhere you do business. Can we 
talk a, a little bit at, at a high level here. I mean, as you describe this, you, know, you engage with a client and um, they deploy your specific technology and, and this is discovered. I assume that this client uh, wasn't uh, running completely unguarded before. Um, is it a, a typical thing? Does this, I guess, how how often does this happen where you know, a, a company will try a different technology or, or switch vendors and discover that someone's been camping out in their system for quite a while. This happens quite frequently, Dave, uh, with the deployment of uh, some of the advanced uh, EDR technologies that exist in the market today, uh, picking up uh, novel and, you know, previously undetected threats is something that's quite commonplace. But CrowdStrike has a, a you know, common theme we communicate to victims that the threat actors aren't breaking into your environment, they're logging into your environment. So one of the uh, pieces of tradecraft related to uh, Vanguard Panda is that they heavily leverage stolen credentials to gain initial access to their targets. Um, and that was the case uh, here as well. The threat actor was able to gain access to the infrastructure using credentials that were probably procured through the access broker markets and was using those credentials to carry out their trade craft and had gone undetected, if not for uh, the advanced uh, EDR technology and the, the threat hunting capabilities of uh, our Falcon Overwatch team. And, and when we talk about advanced capabilities here, is, are we looking at behavioral things and in addition to signatures? I mean, my understanding is that it's, you know, it's quite a, a cocktail of capabilities that come into play here. Absolutely. I think first and foremost, it's understanding through uh, rich intelligence uh, gathering and integration capabilities, the, the trade craft that threat actors are carrying out. So what are the, the things that threat actors threat hunters and investigators and security professionals need to understand about how the threat actor could be using uh, specific tools or tradecraft to operate within their environment. Uh, the second piece of this is on the identity side of the house, understanding credentialing, uh, privileged access, uh, systems that are critical to protect and, you know, honestly having uh, capabilities like multi-factor authentication and implementing zero trust capabilities to uh, help thwart uh, threat actors from simply being able to steal credentials or uh, procure credentials and then be able to use those credentials to go uh, navigate through the environment without uh, being challenged. Those are some big things that we talk to to victims and organizations about uh, from a security um, posture perspective. And what about the incident response in in uh, a case like this, where you know that uh, you have someone who's had some persistence for a while? What are the sorts of things that that an organization goes through to make sure that they're truly have cleaned out these bad guys? First is just getting that rich visibility across uh, the environment. So deploying advanced EDR tools to gain that visibility and being able to threat hunt uh, using those uh, rich intelligence indicators, understand whether or not some activity being performed in the environment is legitimate uh, or illegitimate. So being able to do that around the clock, I think, is is very important. Threat actors don't just operate 
Um, Monday morning at nine o'clock to Friday at, at five o'clock, they're typically operating off hours. So being able to hunt continuously against the infrastructure, I think is really important. The second piece is, I mentioned earlier, understanding identities, credentialing in the environment, and critical assets that may require additional levels of protection, where we may want to challenge a user with a second factor of authentication in order to validate that they are who they uh, claim to be. I think that's really important. Uh, And then the last thing, which I think is a, a key focus for Manage detection and response type capabilities. It's being able to take that corrective action very, very quickly. Uh, we reported in our annual threat report this past year that breakout time had dropped to about 84 minutes. So just under two hours from the time a threat actor gains access to the environment until the time they can move laterally towards a target. Being able to take that corrective action within that 84-minute window is something that uh, will help deter the threat actors from being able to, to carry out their, their trade craft. You know, Tom, you mentioned your global threat report, and I know uh, one of the things you highlighted in there was activity that you all are seeing from China um, and with the supposition that Vanguard Panda is indeed a Chinese threat actor it sort of keys right into the recommendations you had in that report. Absolutely. Uh, we introduced over 33 new adversaries uh, last year, tracking from an Intel perspective, raising our total to over 200. So it just demonstrates the pervasiveness and opportunity for threat actors to uh, carry out their their missions. China in particular was one of the the most um, aggressive in 2022. We observed them targeting nearly all 39 global industry sectors and 20 geographic regions across the globe. So pretty prolific uh, in 2020. Our thanks to Thomas Etheridge from CrowdStrike for joining us. The research is titled Business as Usual, Falcon Complete MDR thwarts novel Vanguard Panda tradecraft. We'll have a link in the show notes. And now, a message from Cyberbit. Mastering cybersecurity is like mastering a sport. You build muscle memory through rigorous practice, then you train as a team to foster cohesion while operating under pressure. Like athletes, cybersecurity professionals thrive on hands-on simulation. But traditional courses, certifications, and open-source labs won't build you a winning team. You need Cyberbit. Cyberbit offers a hyper-realistic simulation environment for your SOC, IR, and C-suite to refine your skills. All using the market-leading SIMs, EDRs, firewalls, and WAFs they use every day. Cyberbit is offering CyberWire listeners a free live fire exercise. Sign up your team now at cyberbit.com slash cyberwire. The 
The CyberWire Research Saturday podcast is a production of N2K Networks, proudly produced in Maryland out of the startup studios of Data Tribe, where they're co-building the next generation of cybersecurity teams and technologies. This episode was produced by Liz Irvin and senior producer Jennifer Iben. Our mixer is Elliot Peltzman. Our executive editor is Peter Kilpie, and I'm Dave Bittner. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.